This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. So, so getting into getting into some of this stuff, um, Mike Evans buys every single player on this team uh, a Segway GT scooter. Right. He Everybody on the Bucks roster, he surprised them yesterday <laughs> on Thursday with a set. Casey, what would you do if somebody just was like, if I, I mean, I don't have, I'm, I'm not making Mike Evans money, so I love <laughs> you, but you're probably getting a mug for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but I'm passing out candles. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if I just showed up at your door and knocked on your door and said, hey, Merry Christmas. Here's a Segway scooter. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. First of all, I'd love you. I'd be like, okay, this is where we're heading with this relationship. No, I'm kidding. But I wonder when the scooters were delivered because from a from an authentic, realistic ADD note, if you give me a gift like that before practice, I might not make it to practice. Like I'm that person. That, like, I have to have my moment with the thing that I just got, an, un, un, an uninterrupted moment. So like I want to go scooting. I hope that came after okay. practice. But the level of excitement for these guys, and can we talk about the fact that Mike Evans totally one-upped? Um, well, I think it was the Jets that got scooters, but the offensive line, only the O-line got scooters. Or only I, the O-line. Yeah, it was, it was like only a section of players that got them. Yeah, I was like, that's slightly offensive. Like, you, you give it to the big guys, and you're like, here you go, Merry Christmas. Like, um, But Evans came in with the one-up and gave it to the entire team. My favorite part was Kyle Rudolph's, <laughs> his story showing the the scooters and stuff. Cause it's like, these guys still very much get into the Christmas spirit. Like they're still big mm-hmm. little kids. Big kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the excitement of these guys getting scooters. I just want to see them scooting about. There's one time quick story. Oh, they're for sure going to happen. Cameron Bray on accident. Who? Wait. Cam Bray. I almost took away the Bucks tight end because I was. You almost hit him. Yeah, in your car, my vehicle, and it would have been devastating to be that human. I would have had to run because here's the thing: I was driving into Hyde Park, going because typically when I used to write articles for sports, um, and I had these deadlines that would drive me crazy. I had to get out of my house, and I would go to Buddy Brew in Hyde Park. You and I have been there together, and um, so I'm on my way there in like early afternoon. And um, as I'm going or whatever, somebody comes zipping across, not the crosswalk lane, by the way. So I don't think I would have been in the wrong. And when I look up, it's Britt on a scooter. Yeah. yeah. So not everybody. Well, I don't know if that's your fault. I feel like maybe he should maybe scoot with a little bit more safety in mind. Also, let me just throw this out there. Mike Evans had better have gotten all of those players helmets along with their scooters because we need to protect the health of this team. Oh my gosh, let's not have any like ridiculous things. So like let's wear our helmets if we're gonna scoot. I agree. Um, There are drivers in Florida. I am not one of them who don't know how to drive. And (laughs) I don't want to imagine almost killing Cameron Brady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not one of them, but the other person in this podcast might be might make you pay if you don't drive around with a helmet on yeah, now, please actually, with a little wrench in this for a second because okay. nfl is doing scooters and a few other cool things but did you see that in the nhl it was patrice bergeon that gave his whole team like louis vuitton something or other okay but that's the difference like 
the NH people are like, oh, the NHL, they're just big brutes. No, they've got style. They're bougie. Like, they're bougie. bougie. Yeah. 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 Big time bougie. So I wonder how yeah. I wonder how uh, players would feel about that. Like, do you want a scooter? What do you think is more appropriate? A scooter and a helmet or a gift bag of Louis Vuitton something or other? I mean, I'd probably want the Louis Vuitton just yeah. personally. But okay, Casey, I'm going to like hit you with this last question before we move on from this topic. Um, who do you think on the Bucks would give the best Christmas present? Oh, oh my gosh. That's such a great question. Mm-hmm. Typically, people are like, it's got to be Tom Brady. No, Brady's going to gift Brady brand and like, I don't want your ads. Um, yeah. Who's like another? Why do I? Why am I thinking like Ryan Jensen could be like the ultimate gift giver? Yeah, it's probably somebody who's kind of like sneaky, low key. Right. Like has their has their ear to the ground about all the things that everybody wants and yeah. loves buyers. But I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, maybe Levante David would be a good one. He's uh-huh. been around, okay. you know, he, he hangs out with both sides, offense, defense, and he's on the cool side of everyone. Tristan Worfs is a really good guess. He just, he's a teddy bear. So he probably just has. The I biggest- was wondering if he would be good because it has to be, it has to be somebody who's like also generous. You know what I mean? Uh, like it can't be somebody who's like kind of stingy. Yeah. Um, maybe we give it to work i think so i think if i was like if i had to choose one person on the bucks team to get me a gift it would probably be tristan i second that motion yeah yep okay well there we've decided jolly rogers and touchdown fans let us know who would you want to get a gift from and uh yeah who do you think would be the best gift giver and do you think it's better to get a louis vuitton like bag of goodies or a scooter with a helmet. Let us know at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. Casey, we're talking about Tristan worse. We can't talk about him without mentioning the fact that That's he's a Bucks lone pro bowler. Now the Bucks do have alternatives and we'll get into that, but congratulations to T Worfs. I know. Very, 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 very well deserved. Um, as you guys know, statistically, he's let up like what? three sacks in his career versus Tom Brady. Um, he nearly had like a sackless season. And just to have the the mentality on him, let's not forget, he's still an extremely young guy. And he's strong. He's that guy that you want in the trenches protecting you versus, you know, very dominant guys like Aaron Donald. And you can go down the list. But to just have a good head on his shoulders, to have leadership qualities at his age and – to bounce back, I mean, media was talking to me the other day and just to see how he responds to like being out and injury and his his urgency to want to get back on the field and be out there for his team. This is definitely a team guy. So well-deserved, just slightly shocking. I know, guys, the Bucks have done really nothing grand this season, but I am still pretty surprised that there's one person that made it off the Bucks roster. And in hindsight, there's yeah. been four, four Pro Bowlers selected from the NFC South, one from each team. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of punishment. I don't know if I'm like reading too far into this, Casey, but it's like I feel like the NFC South is getting a little bit punished. Now, again, the Bucks do have some alternatives. So just getting into that really quick, there are, are six alternates. Tom Brady and Antoine Winfield Jr. were named as 
first alternates, uh-huh. defensive tackle Vita Vea, Ryan Suckup, Shaq Mason, and Devin White were listed as other alternates. Um, I <clears throat> I feel like Winfield and White probably have a little bit more of a case to be made right. that they could have been like not on the alternate list, list, but like actually like on the list. And we were talking a little bit beforehand, the fact that Levante David is not even on this list as a, like, where is he? He should be on this list. Like what's happened? Like, did you just forget that he exists? Because. And how about some of the monstrous games that he had just to even keep his team relevant in a game? Like, I definitely agree that Levante David should have been a part of the conversation. And we had a great talk about this before. Uh, we kicked off the show and it was just talking about the fact of like the defense as a whole being rated. There's other linebackers out there that are better. Well, I beg to differ that, you know, through seven, eight weeks of the season, regardless of the Bucks record, it was this Bucks defense that was like top three in the league for sacks and high contribution to the linebackers. And I also feel like what they did with some of the injuries that happened on defense, the roles that they had to expand into the coverage that they had to adapt to. I felt like they deserved a little bit more credit. So I'm surprised that uh, between Devin White and Levante David, it's not much of a conversation. And then second alternates like Devin White or Levante David are not even first alternates. I understand why Tom Brady's in the mix. He's Tom Brady. Um, He hasn't had his best season as an individual and then Antoine Winfield Jr. should be the first person off that alternate list and in the Pro Bowl conversation for me because he should have been an immediate Pro Bowler last year. Um, I made a joke on Pewter Report that if he didn't get it, I was going to be like in the streets rioting. Like not not my little five one body. I don't riot, but I can I can tweet a nice little tweet that says I'm so disappointed that Antoine Winfield Jr. did not get it. Um, and I think he deserves to be in that now, working through the injuries that he's worked through, his versatility, his ability to be plugged in anywhere. Like, this is a guy that deserves a lot more respect on his name, and it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with his father's legacy and everything to do with the fact that this kid just loves football. So, wild conversation here. How about the fact that NFC South had 17 Pro Bowl players last season? Um, and yeah, From 17 to 4? Oof. Ouch. And that's why I say I think there's some punishment going on. It just, yeah. If you didn't think your your division stunk beforehand, like now you know that you know funky. Yeah, there is a foul smell in the air. Um, But kind of continuing on, unless you have anything else with Pro Bowl, Kaylee, continue. I just have to give like a quick little shout out to like I was like fully in my feels yesterday. The commanders like tweeted out a video i think it was maybe two days ago but i watched it yesterday a video of um them like telling the different players that they got in the that they were named to the pro bowl list oh my gosh if you guys have the capacity the emotional capacity (laughs) i'm telling you it's probably gonna make you cry so grab your tissues um it is the cutest it's so sweet it's so sweet and it means and i think that's why it like I I would fight for guys like Devin White, Antoine Winfield Jr. to be on that list because it means a lot to these guys. It yeah. means a lot to be named to that list um, when you see some of these guys that that they tell, you know, but that the commanders tell, like, "Hey, you're a pro bowler. Congratulations!" It 
like some of them break down and cry because it's just like they, you know what they've put into this. You know how hard they've worked. You know what they've been through their journey to get to this moment and this place. Um, and it's really beautiful. And so I think that's what I'm like advocating for is that it's not like just like a, oh, put some respect on his name. It's like these guys have worked really hard for this and it means a lot to them. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, – yeah, I think that's why I, I wanted to bring it up and make a big deal about it because it means a lot to, to, to these guys and what they've done. Well, no, I'm glad that you did because I think because of the um, excitement – that revolves around the Pro Bowl and like all of the extra incentives that come in with it and like how much of an elaborate week it turns into that people kind of forget what an honor it actually is. Like, I think yep. the honorable mention of this has has minimized in value, which is a shame because you're recognizing very skilled players and any player that makes it into the Pro Bowl, most of them have some sort of great story or, you know, something worth giving a second thought to, something worth, you know, talking about, something that they deserve much more recognition for. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because we're not going to minimize anybody's success here. And we do no. always make sure to um, acknowledge and respect what this level actually means. Um, and it, it gets behind us in day-to-day -day conversations. And when we're evaluating, analyzing, and breaking down teams and players, we forget about, you know, the extraordinary thing that is making it to the NFL. So, so glad that you said that. Um and kind of okay. So speaking of extraordinary, we've we've sung the praises of Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. We know what he means to this team. We know um, how helpful he is on that offensive line that's gone through many struggles this season. With that said, he's been limited limited in participation, but that doesn't mean that we won't be seeing him on Sunday because according to Tristan Wirfs in his conversation with the media, he tells the media, "I plan on playing." Yep. Well, I'm going to tell him no. I'm not telling Tristan Wirfs no. I will never tell Tristan Wirfs you cannot play because this team needs him. And if he feels like he can go out there and get the job done, so be it. So this injury report, Kaylee, um, not as – it felt like it was trending in a better direction a couple weeks ago, and now it kind of feels like we're back to a little, a, a little lengthy list here. And the biggest reason that I didn't love looking at this list is because it's not like – there was a bunch of upgrades from limited participation to full participation. Mm -hmm. Majority of this injury report, you know, it's a little daunting. Jamil Dean hasn't participated this week. Julio Jones limited. Carl Nassib hasn't participated this week. Keanu Neal, he upgraded from no participation to limited. Donovan Smith, no practice this week. Vita Vea, no practice this week. Josh Wells, limited. Winfield Jr., no practice this week. So there's a lot of guys that just have not even – gotten yeah. any any snaps any kind of practice in and for the most part they end up being doubtful uh by saturday and you know not even a game time decision by sunday what did you think when you saw this list did it make you concerned or do you feel like they've been here before they can manage i i think that they have to have the mentality going into this game of like next man up like we have to be able to manage. I think one of the things I talked about this, this in the last episode, one of the things that has hurt this team this year is predicting, like anticipating something bad happening because of injuries, like anticipating that, Oh, this kid is not going to be able to step up and play like this veteran did. And 
I think that confidence has hurt this team at times. So I would hope the mentality of all of the players and on, and from the coaches and from everyone would be that, Hey, we're going to go in there and we're still going to go. We're, we're still going to do a good job and we're still going to like step up and play and play our game and do well. I'm not going to lie. It feels a little bit nerve wracking. Um, like there, there is having said this team needs to be confident in themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the way that this team has played and the fact that you have some key guys out, it doesn't, it kind of can diminish. I get it. Why this team would maybe not feel as confident. It, 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 it kind of diminishes some of that confidence. It makes you question. It makes you second guess. I do think that looking at what, you know, looking at the Buccaneers uh, injury report and then looking at the Cardinals injury report, the Cardinals injury report is like a little bit longer than the Bucks, So that plays a little bit into their favor. Again, not wanting anyone to ever be hurt, but, um, you know, there's, there's some things that like, they're not going to go against, you know, there's a potential top for rated, you know, like yeah. quarterback, like they're, they're probably going to go against the backup. So mm -hmm. that's, I think that plays into their favor a little bit. So I'm less worried, um, you know, about some of these defensive injuries. Um, I would like to see these guys back, you know, as soon as possible, but I'm a little less concerned about that. But I mean, I think, I think the bucks have a good opportunity here, Casey, where, they have three games left. They haven't won three games in a row this season at all. Right. <laughs> Throughout the entire season, they have not won three games in a row. Mm -hmm. It'd be great to finish off the season with three wins. And it's, yeah. and it's very feasible, very possible to do. Mm -hmm. I would say you made a good point as to pointing out Arizona's uh, injury report as well. What I, what's stood out to me there is that while they have a bit lengthier of a report, they do have a lot of limited participation um, yeah. in their players. So what that tells me is most of the time those guys can still go, but they're not going to be healthy enough to be explosive is, is depending on the position, depending on the player, depending on the injury, obviously. But um, in a lot of the things that I did see, I'm like, okay, well, in matchup wise, they're going to have to be able to be explosive. They're going to have to be able to keep pace and they might not be able to do that if they're not getting their legs underneath them throughout the week. So I agree with what you're saying. Uh, it is next man up mentality. I do feel strongly about the fact that there's been health issues all year. There's have to, they've had to readjust all season. I think now is the time to really put on that professional hat and say, okay, we know how to adjust. We know how to work within these means and we're going to make something work here. Um, it's unfortunate to see Julio Jones back on the injury report knee being the, the injury, same knee more than likely. Um, I got a chance to, when I was talking with Pat Donovan and he had a guest on Dr. Seth Gassler, I want to say his name is, or Gasser. Uh, I was got a chance to ask him about, you know, when guys get injuries, do they tend to overcompensate in other parts of their body where they can acclimate another injury or like accumulate another injury? And he said, absolutely. He said, it just, especially a guy like Donovan Smith on the offensive line, we forget about this hyperextension of the elbow. The description in further detail was nauseating to me. But all that to say that the way that he probably had to overcompensate in his body 
and come off the line and the pressure points of which he has to attack now his opponent, he probably did cause a strain to the lower half of his body. It probably did play a role into that injury that he got. So um, I found that all very fascinating just to think about, you know, how much work goes into staying healthy in the season, yet you want to be back and play out there for your team. So we'll see what the final injury report is as it comes out later today. And uh, we will tweet it out from the Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns account at Jolly Rogers TDS. And um, that's really it for team news for me, Kaylee. Is yeah. there anything you got? No, I think that's it. <laughs>